Happy Pentecost, church. Happy Pentecost Sunday. How many of you are thankful for the Holy Spirit? (laughs) The Spirit changes everything. Jesus said, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit will come. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm so thankful that it's uh, Pentecost Sunday every Sunday here at Arise, Birmingham. Amen. It it, it truly is. Um, But I do want to use the setting of Pentecost in Scripture as our starting point this morning for a conversation that I want us to have about the nation of Israel. Okay, so I've been uh, led and compelled by the the Spirit to talk about Israel this morning with you. Uh, But first, I want us to go to Acts chapter 2 and uh, read verses 1 through 6, and then we will build from there. All right, so Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. I know you just sat down, but let's stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning. Starting in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 5, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, church. Praise God. Amen. What a glorious passage in Scripture for the the Spirit-filled believer, amen, when the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit came. The Word of God is active. It's alive and it's powerful. So every time I read this passage, it just, it pulls me. And I hunger for for more of God. I want to live in Pentecostal fire uh, every day. But there's something as I was reading this scripture uh, recently that has jumped and leapt off the page at me uh, that hasn't before in the past. And it's verse 5 where it reads, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews, Jerusalem being in the nation of Israel. And for me, reading this passage recently, it's this uh, grateful reminder. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that out of Israel, out of the Jewish people came the Messiah, came our Lord and Savior, came my King. And then the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, and it was poured out in Jerusalem. And the fire was released. It began to spread and to be poured out to the nations of the earth so that we could one day receive the cleansing blood of Jesus. And become a new creation in Jesus by the power of the Spirit. So in Acts uh, 1 verses 4 and 5 it says, Jesus instructed them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So because of all that we have to build on, our spiritual inheritance from the Jewish people, we are to recognize, we are to honor, and we are to stand with Israel. And as many of you are aware, there's, there's great unrest in Israel right now, uh, and there's a lot of controversy even surrounding the unrest 
right now. And the devil is trying to widen the war against Israel. And so when we hear about and we read about Israel uh, in the agenda-driven false news narratives these days, if we are not looking at Israel and the Jewish people through a biblical lens, okay, it's a biblical lens, then we are vulnerable to being deceived and getting out of alignment with God's heart for the nation of Israel. Uh, Every article you can pull up from mainstream media, it has this tone of Israel being bad and the Palestinians being victimized. But the big question is, uh, since when did a nation actually defending itself from being attacked first with 800 missile rockets raining down on its people, since when did that become an act of terrorism? But you see, it's connected. It's all connected to what's happening in America right now. It's connected ultimately because Israel is a covenant nation. And so there's not just a a hatred Uh, There's a supernatural hatred towards the nation, which we're going to talk about this morning in just a few moments. Uh, But there's even a whole movement called the BDS movement. Uh, It stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions. And what this does is it's focused, solely focused on deceiving you, and it wants to place all the blame for what's going on wrong in the Middle East on Israel and on Israel alone. All right, so what they do, they seek to, they boycott any uh, Israeli tech companies, uh, any influential Israeli people, uh, Israeli businesses, and they they try to embolden uh, other leaders around the world to not seek peace. All right, and so now what's happening is this movement, they're trying to get into the U.S., and it's coming in through college campuses, it's coming in through academia, uh, and it's indoctrinating the young up-and-coming next generation. Now, does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? Uh, this is cancel culture. All right, this is wokeism. Uh, you know, this spirit in which this is operating uh, from, even though it's against Israel, this spirit we're also seeing here, it's one and the same in the ways in which they seek to push God out of a people or seek to push God out of a nation. Israel was founded by God and America was founded for God. All right, by God, and then America was founded for God. So America is also a covenant nation, church. Nations were God's idea. God's heart is for the nations. And the nation of America, like Israel, it has a prophetic destiny to fulfill, and the enemy doesn't like it. The enemy hates it. Uh, So they're frantically trying to push God out of our nation. But as Mel has released so powerfully this morning, our Lord God Almighty will not be pushed around. That is not how it works. God is moving. The remnant of his ecclesia is rising. Hallelujah. He laughs in the heavens at those that oppose him. For we, church, we have a calling and we have a prophetic destiny to fulfill on the earth. All right, so we see where America and Israel is connected. And even in uh, December of 2017, President Trump, he made this historic decision to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and uh, recognize Jerusalem as the undivided capital of Israel. All right, this, uh, we don't have time to go into the history of this, but this was a big deal. This was a big deal. Uh, He also made a decree regarding the establishment of Israel as a nation, like King Cyrus did 2,500 years ago. Uh, I talk a lot more about this in my message, A House for the Nation, uh, and it was in November of last year, 2020, if you want to go back and listen to it. I really go into detail about this. But when this happened, other nations did not like it. 
on the earth. Uh, through a United Nations vote, 128 nations actually rejected the embassy move, and only nine nations stood in favor of it. What does this mean? It means that honoring Israel uh, is not a popular thing to do in the nations of the earth. All right, it doesn't bring a big benefit necessarily to uh, stand with Israel or to partner with Israel. If anything, there's a downside to it in the natural. All right, it's a biblical decision with spiritual rewards to stand with Israel. It's a biblical decision with spiritual rewards to stand with Israel. Uh, at this point, uh, I'm going to bring up to join me in this conversation, Christy Hare. Christy, if you could come on up. Can we give it up for Christy Hare? She's going to sit right here next to me. And uh, Christy, uh, she carries a heart for Israel. Thank you for joining me, Christy, and being part of this. She carries a heart for Israel. Uh, she's been an intercessor uh, for Israel for many, many years. Uh, she's been a part of local prayer groups with JH Israel and also a strategic intercessor with USIEA, uh, which, correct me, uh, Christy, but I, I do know that they're dedicated to serving uh, government leaders uh, who are directly involved with advancing important dialogue between the U.S. and Israel. Yes. And so I, I really wanted uh, Christy to come and bring her heart into this conversation and, uh, you know, the richness to this conversation that she has been praying into for so many years and part of and uh, just release God's heart, heart through this. So, um, you know, Christy, I find that uh, more, most people and more specifically most millennials, all right, and I'm in that age, age group, most millennials, uh, they have an understanding of Israel that goes about as far as uh, Israel is the promised land in the Bible. And that's really as far, you know, as it goes when actually um, we can look at it like uh, Israel is the center of God's prophetic calendar. All right. And it's actually the geopolitical center of the world. And today the events that take place in Israel, they affect us all, whether we know it or not. Uh, and so, Christy, I know you agree with this, but it's important that uh, we as the church understand that when we support Israel and when we stand with Israel, it doesn't mean that we support every single thing that they do or every single policy that comes down the pipeline. All right. In fact, Israel is a, a, a secular place overall to live right now. Um, it's a difficult place for a Messianic Jewish believer to live right now. A Messianic Jew is a, a Jewish person that has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as the Messiah. Um, and there's currently uh, about only about 33,000 in Israel right now. Um, but as I was saying, standing with and supporting Israel, it doesn't necessarily mean you stand with every policy that comes down the pipeline. What we are doing, we are standing with and we are supporting the covenant God made with Israel. Jeremiah 33 says, if you can break the covenant I made with the sun and moon, you can break my covenant with Israel. So let's start there, Christy. Let's start talking about uh, God's covenant with Israel and then also how that covenant affects us and is connected to us. Yes, that's great. Um, so Israel is God's chosen people. That means it is an eternal nation, and an eternal nation means forever. Okay, everybody say forever. Okay. When Christ returns, he will rule and reign from Jerusalem. And just as President Trump uh, inaugurated the capital in Jerusalem again, this is the setting up for the return of Christ. So we're real excited as Christians, okay? I want to read to you scripture that will um, 
solidify and concrete more than just, well, we need to pray for Israel and its God's chosen people. So we're going to start with Exodus 29, verses 44 through 46. And I've just printed it all out here, okay? God said, so I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priest. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. That's, that's the beginning, and he was initiating this covenant with them and establishing, I am your God. So Israel was set apart from that time from all other nations because they were a special people. They were to receive revelation from God, and they were to bring in the Messiah, okay? That was why they were such a special people. Therefore, to bring the Messiah into the world, the bloodline and the DNA had to be pure. Because remember, Jesus had to be without spot or blemish. He had to be perfect in all his ways. So the covenant was implemented to protect, preserve, and to defend God's chosen people, the Israelites. Okay? So there has been enmity between God, the God, and Christ followers since the Garden of Eden. And Satan and his followers' goal is to destroy us and God's people, the Christians and God's people. Amen. Do you have more? Was that? Well. I didn't want to jump in. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Well, amen. Just kind of set the stage of what the covenant. Thank you. So, yeah, in Genesis 12, 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever uh, curses you, I will curse. Mm -hmm. And then all the people... Uh, on earth, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Israel, um, you know, has not only been blessed by God, but the world is blessed by them. Um, And as we were saying earlier, the Savior of the world came out of Israel. Uh, But then this this goes perfect into what I wanted to kind of, you know, share leading up to my next question for you. But in Genesis 3, it reveals to us that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Uh, so we see where the enemy wants to destroy uh, the nation that is going to bring forth the one who crushes his head. All right, so he's saying, if I can destroy this nation, I can destroy God's plan. So, uh, Christy, I, I put some bullet points here in Scripture, you know, showing this, where we see in Scripture, starting with Cain and Abel, where the enemy is always after the seed. He's always after the seed so that the promise will not take place. Uh, Cain kills Abel. Then uh, God raises up another lineage with Seth. Time goes on. Uh, Satan perverts the entire world. Uh, God then destroys the entire world through the flood, Genesis 6. But God saves eight people, Noah and his family. Uh, Then there's Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then what happens? Esau tries to kill Jacob. Uh, Jacob escapes. He comes back, and his sons go down to Egypt, and they begin to grow. Uh, And then this is where Moses comes in. Uh, Pharaoh makes the demand that every male child must be killed. So we see continually in Scripture where Satan is trying to destroy the seed. Then God promised that King David would rule and reign. And what happens? Saul tries to kill David. And he tries to keep uh, him from rising to power by God's word. And it continues, and there's so many more examples I could just keep talking about in Scripture of trying to destroy the seed, uh, all the way until Herod decides 
King uh, Herod decides to kill all the male children in Bethlehem. All right, he's trying to destroy the seed that will destroy the head of Satan. And, you know, as I said, if I destroy the nation, I can destroy God's plan. So there's always been and there continues to be uh, such an attack on the nation. And it's actually uh, a satanic attack. It's not a normal attack. It's a it's a it's a supernatural hatred, I think, as you said. And so no nation has ever been uh, more harassed and persecuted as the Jews. All right. But it's not a normal battle for natural land and for power when people come against Israel. And it's also, again, it's connected because we see so much of this in, in our nation as well. So, Christy, can, with all that said, can you take us deeper into, you know, why is there such a hatred from the entire world, you know, towards Israel, even a, you know, supernatural type hatred? Take us deeper there. And then even specifically, you know, why is it continued even today in modern times? So, um, the Israel and the Jews, they're still awaiting the Messiah. You have to keep in mind that with the covenant that was initiated, you know, in Exodus. Um, and God told them they must abide in the covenant in a particular way how they had to uh, uphold the covenant. And if they did not, they would be cursed or removed from the land. So that brings war and uh, the arguments and contentions and strife. So another, the, a really important factor is the land, and y'all know that's going on now. So let's, let's just go back and read what God said about the land. So it starts in Deuteronomy 4, and I'm just going to read 32 through 38. Indeed, ask now about the earlier days that were before your time, since the day that God created mankind on the earth. And inquire from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing? Or has anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire as you have heard it? And survived. Or has a God ventured to go to take for himself a nation from within another nation by trials, by signs and wonders? by war, by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, just as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. You were shown these things so that you might know the Lord. He is God, and there is no other besides him. Out of the heavens, he let you hear his voice to discipline you, and on earth, he let you see his great fire, and you heard his words from the midst of the fire. And because you loved your fathers, he chose their descendants after them. And he personally brought you from Egypt by his great power, driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you, to bring you in and to give you their land as an inheritance as it is today. Therefore, know today and take it to your heart that the Lord, he is God. In heaven above and on the earth below, there is no other. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I am giving you today, so that it may go well for you and for your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. That's forever, all time. Okay, so here's the three reasons, the takeaway from that scripture. The three reasons God chose Israel. He loved their fathers, bottom line. 
It was to drive out and destroy the ungodly nations of Palestine. And it was to make a place for the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's real simple, isn't it? That's right. So the supernatural hatred for Israel and for Christians, because it's not just the god fearers, but it comes from Isaiah 14.3. But you said in your heart, and this is talking about Satan, God is saying this to Satan, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the Most High. There you go. There's your supernatural hatred right there. So what this is is control. He wants to rule and reign the new world order. He wants it in his order, in his rule, in his reign. But that's out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -mm. We want to eat from the tree of the knowledge of life. Jesus' life. So this brings us to Isaiah 66, verses 8 through 10. And even though Satan tries to do this, this is something supernatural that took place that was very significant. Who has heard such a thing and who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day and can a nation be given birth all at once? As soon as Zion was in labor, she also delivered her sons. And I shall bring to the point of birth, but not give delivery, says the Lord. Or shall I give or shall I who gives delivery shut the womb, says your God? Israel was made a nation in one day. And I'm going to read to you just about three paragraphs of how that took place from um, an article from uh, One for Israel. And it's entitled, Can a Nation Be Born in a Day? The Importance of Israel's Independence Day. This article was written in 2016, but they became a nation um, May the 14th of 1948 and isn't it really neat how Pentecost is celebrated in May and they became a nation in May okay so just hang tight with me it's called the miracle birth so the British began to remove the troops toward the ends of April 1948 and on May 14 1948 David Ben-Gurion the chairman of the Jewish agency for Palestine announced the formation of the new state of Israel and he said this The Nazi Holocaust, which engulfed millions of Jews in Europe, proved anew the urgency of reestablishment of the Jewish state, which would solve the problem of Jewish homelessness by opening up the gates to all Jews and lifting the Jewish people to equality in the family of nations. Ben-Gurion saw that the horrors of the Holocaust as paving the way to birth of a Jewish state, and he was not alone in making such a suggestion. Would the miracle of the recreation of Israel ever have happened without such an atrocity on a scale that we can still barely comprehend? You know, over 6,000 Jews were murdered. Six million, thank you. These questions are impossible for earthbound humanity to answer. But again, we see the closely bound bitter and sweet, almost too close for comfort. And what was a day of astonishing joy for the Jewish people was also a day of sorrow and anguish for the Arabs who suddenly no longer owned the land they had been living in for generations. Two sides. Again, joy and pain, uncomfortably closely together. 
Whilst we can rejoice in God's fulfillment of the promises and a new start for Israel, we also know that this day is not an easy one for all of the, her inhabitants. God still cares deeply for all the peoples of this area and seeks to give them their blessing and their hope and their salvation. While many Arabs, Christ, Arab Christians will struggle with celebrating this day, there are a number of Arab believers who truly rejoice in God's physical restoration of Israel and seek her spiritual restoration promised in the scripture. And this too is a miracle and the handwork of an awesome God. For God had determined that he would regather his people and plant them back in the land he had chosen for them. And he promised that it would happen in one day flat. And that was Isaiah 66. So after being away from their homeland for almost 2,000 years, the Jews were given a national homeland in Palestine by the Balfour Declaration in November in 1917. In 1922, the League of Nations gave Great Britain the mandate over Palestine, and on May 14, 1948, Great Britain withdrew her mandate, and immediately Israel was declared a sovereign state, and her growth and importance among the nations became astonishing. Okay, that was, that's how it came into being. Now, the supernatural satanic power. We have to go back to the scripture. So... It says that when Satan and one-third of the angels were kicked out of heaven for their rebellion, and they were sent down here to the earth, it's the spirits of the angels that tempts man to believe Satan's lies and tries to hinder Christians from believing the truth. The very thing that Melanie just said, we must know the truth. We must know what God's word says. We must take a biblical viewpoint and go back to why do we stand for Israel? Why are we Christians, and what are we advancing? So something that I learned from um, a man who has passed, his name is Derek Prince, and he was a biblical scholar. And you'll have to think about this for a minute because I, I didn't realize this. Um, before Jesus, Holy Spirit only rested upon God's kings and prophets for an assignment that God wanted to carry out in the earth. They didn't cast out demons, and they didn't have um, just a repentance and a remission of the sins or conviction because there wasn't the Holy Spirit indwelling in them, okay? But after Jesus on Pentecost, Holy Spirit came down to dwell in all who would believe and receive him. So the Israelites do not believe that the Messiah has come and they continue in the Old Covenant. But they are our brothers and sisters. Like Jeremy said, they, we come from them. Jesus came from them. So they are awaiting his coming and they're standing their ground for their land and their inheritance. So uh, we as Christians... We have believed and we have received Jesus and the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, and we live in the New Testament, okay? And its commands are led by the Spirit and not by the law of legalism. We get to, we don't have to. All right. So I'm going to read to you First Peter, and this really um, kind of ties it together. 
1 Peter 1, 10 through 12. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. They were serving you. In these things, which now you have been announced to you, through those who preached the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels longed to look. The prophets and the angels longed to see what we are doing today. That's really exciting if you just stop and think about it for a minute. Don't just read it. Think about it. Amen. So I feel like this kind of in closing before we move, you know, into some response and, and ministry. What can you share with us? What, what's our part now? Sure. You know, in all of this, where, where are we? Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, in my language, the Bible wraps it up like this. <laughs> Number one, salvation first came to the Jews. And then to the Gentiles. To us. In Romans 1.16 it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Second, the Gentiles get grafted in to God's chosen people. This is what it means to be born again. It's something supernatural. You know, our minds probably, we can't understand it, but we can live it. You know, like our worship team leads us, we feel him, we engage him. We believe that Jesus is the only way by which a man can be saved. And we receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to his fullest measure. Number three, we are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Salvation to as many Jews as would believe. Psalm 122, 6 and 9 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your good. So we give thanks. We respect and honor our Israeli brothers and sisters because without them we would not have Jesus. We would not be partakers of Holy Spirit, and we would not be living in the blessing of God. We honor them as we would honor the generations of our grandparents and our family that got us to where we are today. We give thanks. So the Holy Spirit is our friend. He's our teacher, our counselor, our comforter. He and Jesus make us holy and righteous so that our spirits can sit in heaven and to see and to hear and to help us overcome and to live in the victory with righteousness, peace, and joy here on the earth as we release heaven into the earth. Thank you, God. I want to do this. Uh, If we can stand and have Arise Worship come back up.
And I want you just to begin to receive. If you need to place your hands out in front of you. Just begin to receive from heaven. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And Christy, if you would just release, release a prayer, release a word, an impartation, whatever the Spirit leads you to do, just begin to, to release it over the house. A couple of weeks ago, um, I've lived in the home that we live in for nine years. And there's a particular area in my pantry that I keep olive oil, uh, an extra bottle of olive oil. It's in a glass bottle. And this particular day when I shut that door, that bottle fell over and I heard it and it broke. And it has never done that in the nine years that I've lived there. And I opened the door up and I just looked at it. I didn't say anything and I looked at it and I could clearly hear Holy Spirit. He said, now is the time to break the vessel of the oil. Release the reserve that you've been holding. Now is the time. Now is the time. So, Father God, King Jesus and great Holy Spirit, we are honored, we are humbled, and we treasure you in our lives. We submit and surrender to your call upon our lives. And we say, have your way to the fullest measure. We love you. And this day, Father, I release the fire of your love into every person that is in this room, that it would burn away every lie that has been told to them. I pray for the truth of your word to be released in its foolish measure, that you would give these children, your children, your sons and your daughters, eyes to see and ears to hear clearly what you are saying to them. They would know without a shadow of a doubt it is you who is speaking to them. I thank you for the full measure of your presence. I thank you that you're releasing this now, Father, in Jesus' name. The mature sons and daughters will train their senses to operate in the fullness of the kingdom here in the earth. No longer shall you operate in fear, but you will operate in the fire of his love which will set at liberty those who have been held captive when they come into your presence. I thank you, Father, you're releasing your glory into these children that they will carry you. And when they step into the room, those who have been held captive will be set free. They will want to know the one true and living Savior that emanates from them. I release wisdom, revealed knowledge and understanding to walk fully in the assignment that is written about you in your book in heaven. And I release this great joy, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I thank you for answered prayers, Father, that you are fulfilling hearts' desires that is according to your word. I thank you that you are equipping these people, that you're giving them abled bodies, clarity of mind, clarity of speech, favor in the marketplace. 
I thank you that you release treasuries of heaven into their lives in full provision, protection, and you are their defense on every side. And I bless these in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, church. Yeah, give God praise. Okay, church, lift your hands to the heavens. Lift your hands to the heavens right now. Begin to release tongues of fire across the house. Release your tongues of fire. Come on, church. Release it. Don't hold back. Break the bottle. Break the bottle. Break the bottle. Wind and fire. Wind and fire. New wine and new glory. We're going from glory to glory. A new era of glory is being birthed. Place your hand on the person next to you and begin to release it over them all across the house. Release Pentecost fire all across the house. Catch the fire from one another. Catch it from one another. This is the family of God. Release it, church. Release it. God we are your people of fire and glory and we are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and now is the time for harvest now is the time for harvest now is the time for harvest harvest.